Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 115. And today we are once again entering the coffee cauldron. Wow. Thank you to everyone who submitted uh, ad- questions for our advice column. And um, we'll get to that shortly. But first, we do have a very cool bean shout out today. If you want to take it away, George. Lovely looking bag of beans from Zach, comma, a fan. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Uh, lovely note and handwritten. Really appreciate it. And a bag of beans from Tug Hill Artisan Roasters. And they're the Running George variety, which is really cool. And apparently that's that's how he thought of them. Little story on Running George. George Jakunski is one of the Tug Hill's most famous residents. George was a blacksmith, often seen running through the woods to different farms and logging crews to shoe horses and fix iron appliances. While running, George would carry his tools in his sack. People would joke that he would also carry his anvil. One year, George made such a scene running around the track at the Lewis County Fair that the fair hosted a running George attraction for many years to come. Later in life, George took up biking to get around, which he thought of simply as running in place. Running George passed away in 1970, but being larger than life character that he was, we at Tug Hill Artisan Roasters want his legacy to live on. And our medium Brazilian roast. You have a lot to live up to. I know. <laughs> running George has set the bar very high. Running George the second. Yeah, where's your sack with your tools? My my sack of anvil. Oh, I run with my anvil. You don't see me? I oh, I've <laughs> seen your anvil, George. Don't you worry. I've seen it. And I tell you what, it's quite a sight. Oh. Thanks, Zach. It's a cool it's a cool bag. Yeah, we appreciate it and we really appreciate the nice it message so to go good. along with it. So thank you very much for that, Zach. Um, we we love the support. Yeah. Uh, and also, just quickly, CEO Gus is making us say, please like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. Mm. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, Gus will uh, send us the food, send us to bed without any food. <laughs> he does control our food consumption. Yeah. It's very dangerous. Uh, yeah, do all that good stuff. Follow notifications. Leave a freaking review on. Mm. Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, which you listen to, helps the pod grow and just let us grow our community and, you know, will help us do all the exciting things that we want to do coming into the new year 2024. So please do that and thank you if you do. First off, just want to just be completely transparent, a little behind the scenes with all the listeners. The three of us have carried out a little potathon, as it may be known. We've recorded four episodes of the podcast in four days. So if I had a clapping sound effect right now, I would be I would be playing it because it's been on a, the back. <laughs> it's been uh quite the effort. Now we've had to bank all the episodes for December because of our travel plans. Uh that is why we are wearing the same clothes. Yeah. We're wearing the last one. Well I'm thinking of maybe in the next in the coming future we could have a little wardrobe to the corner here with a little little rack you can have a little jackets and shirts and pants and stuff like that so we can get in and out and change i think a lot of professionalism would uh would come from that so maybe that's something we can look into in the future one other solution would just be to have uniform and then we would always would wear jumpsuits <laughs> jumpsuits yeah we would always be wearing the same thing so you wouldn't be able to mm. tell what about a jumpsuit coffee club jumpsuit that would be a great uniform with little patches you can do little patches I'm in. So I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it happen. But uh, so just to get you guys a little bit hyped up, the next couple episodes after this one will be once again a Christmas special. 
and then after that a new year special and we have already filmed both those episodes and we had so much fun doing it so um hopefully that translates into very fun listening experiences for you guys because yeah they we think they went well don't want to don't we time wanna, traveled during them. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to do that once. We had a couple moments where we were a bit confused about like which time line we were in. Mm. But it's we're like here being now. in a Marvel film. We're just we're just all over the place. We're we're here now. Yeah. We're present. So yeah, this one is just coming back to um some great questions that we had. We're just gonna run through them again like we did a couple weeks ago. And uh today we have <laughs> I'm not sure we'll get through all of this, but these are some big topics that we have today. We have love, coach relationships, track season slash team test. I can speak well on that. Age kids should start running. So wow, yeah, I don't know if we're equipped to talk about all of these, but uh, we might talk about our experiences. <laughs> Definitely, as per usual, we'll do our best. So starting off, we have well, since okay. This guy's from remaining anonymous, and I think as I read through the message, we will know why. Yo, coffee club gurus, needing some advice from the relation relationally experienced and wise people on the pod. I'm looking at you, Olin. Sorry, Morgs. Sad face. First off, before I continue to read the message, and I'm going to put George and me in the same boat, do you think that is a dig on us or a dig on you, Ollie? That's probably a dig on me, I would say. For saying Olin or for saying that he we're He's not relationship experienced, experienced and wise. Like, is that sarcastic? Is is he saying that I, it's better to be in a lot of relationships or to be in less for a longer period of time? I would say, I would say, <laughs> healthy wise, you two are much more healthier than I am. So I'd say he's digging at me personally. That's that's how I I, that's I really, how I, I, really it. I don't think there's any can't one way tell. to do a relationship. Yeah. So let's just get straight into the question. I legitimately can't tell, but we'll see who gives the best advice. I guess I went to Nike Cross Nash, Nike Cross Regional, sorry, a bit ago, and met a nice runner girl who ended up qualifying for NXN. Could have been Addie Ritzenhain. <laughs> <laughs> I chatted a bit, got her number, all good vibes, and she seemed pretty happy, enthusiastic. I'm a rather pleasant bloke, and we texted often for a solid week and got to know each other. Then she started taking a solid day to reply to a text. However, she was still replying with questions and seemed just as enthusiastic. I took a hint and let the convo stop for a bit to give it some rest time. Anyway... Here's my question for the gurus. Where should I go with this? Keep pursuing it or let it die off? Turns out she lives over an hour away, so it would take some commitment to drive and hang out. But on the other hand, we could be the next Cooper Tier and Rachel MacArthur combo, so it could be worth the effort. <laughs> Sincerely, confused runner dude who doesn't want to lose this bag. This bag? Wait, so he's referring to this girl as the bag? That's, that's, that's mistake number one. Maybe that's uh, like what the kids say. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we bag. are out of touch. He's in high school. This kid was probably born in like 2015. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how they talk. I think. So you guys, you guys can go first. You guys can give. I was expecting him to say like across. I guess regionals. That makes sense. They were they mm-hmm. must live like kind of close together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my advice in this situation, which I've never been in this situation before, but just looking at it from an outside, I would say one. Well, I guess I was at high school at once, so I can I can get into the mind. I think, well, you seem pretty chill about it, but I would be really chill about this. She lives over an hour away, and you guys just met at a meet, so it's like 
that's a very casual, you know, beginnings. The fact that she stopped replying to you is not a great sign. That means that things are not going, well, that she started replying slowly is not a great sign because I know that most high schools are on their phone. Like they probably have about 12 to 14 hours of screen time. So that means that she's actively choosing to not like straight away reply to you. Not a good sign. So I think that now you are in a place where what's been happening previously isn't isn't going to work anymore. So you have to go one of two ways. One, just let it die. That That is always an option. Just move on. Two, we need a hero, a hero effort. We need something big, something massive to get her attention. And that is easier said than done because now I'm starting to try and brainstorm what that could be. And <laughs> I have no at minimum, <laughs> At minimum, make the one-hour drive. <laughs> yeah. Are we talking roses? Are we talking chocolate? This is maybe where Ollie could come in with some sage Big <laughs> gestures. Big gestures <laughs> is Ollie's uh, area of expertise. I would, I would say there could be hope in that if she stopped replying as fast, but it was like the two or three days before NXN, mm. like we could cut her some slack. Such great. If she's just focused, okay. you know. Mm-hmm. If it was unrelated to NXN, maybe it was after, then we might have more of an issue. Yeah. I think you just, you, you can't beat around the bush. I think you just got to ask if she wants to hang out. Yeah, do you think? Get the, get the full answer. Do you guys think that it's ever worth like becoming like, being a little bit like overly transparent, like maybe this is too confrontational and just actually saying like being fully brutally honest and being like, hey, it seems like you aren't as interested in texting me. Should I, should we continue doing this or should I just stop texting you? I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I, I, I think Jordy's rearranging his seat. Take it away, Ollie. <laughs> Fucking hate this Take shit. it away. I think that... What would, you, two, what would you do? There's two factors here. Number one, if there is Nike Nationals, she's not going to be on her phone that much. Number two, she could also just be on fucking TikTok. People go on their phone for hours doing other shit and they just like forget or ignore text messages. Intention, attention spans are not great when it comes to social media and doing stuff. So she could have just been like on her phone doing some other shit. She could be busy. Um, there are all those factors. There also is the factor that she might not be interested in texting you anymore. I think Morgan's perspective is the best one. I think you either let it die or you, you do a hero moment. And a hero moment could honestly be like texting you and say, hey, do you want to do a phone call? Or saying, mm-hmm. being t- transparent and saying, Bold. hey, like, um, I, think you're, I think you're a pretty cool chick. You seem to be no cap for real, for real. I don't know what the kids say these days. Oh God. I, don't think God. They talk, I don't think they talk on the phone. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> FaceTime. Yeah, for real. A lot of FaceTime. For real, shit be bussing. But I was wondering like, it, I think the best way, the best thing that, our confused fan and friend could do is to text this individual and say, hey, um, I'm thinking of maybe driving up and we could maybe do some sort of like a dinner or a lunch or we could hang out for a cup of coffee um, if you'd like to, to hang out. And if she says no to that, then you can get your answer very clearly. Yeah, that's it. And I think the best way to look at this is a pes- like pessimistic. Just think like, when you're sending that text, just expect the worst outcome because if you get your hopes up, you just like, and then you get that text where it's like, hey, I had a great time chatting to you and then there's the but or then there's the and and you're like, oh, fuck. I, I think 
to make it clear, you've got to do a bold gesture. And that, to me, the bold gesture is to go up and see her if she's an hour away, go and grab a coffee with her, send her that message and say, hey, would you be interested in that? If she says yes and then keeps putting you off or keeps delaying the date that you should drive up, then you just got to cark it. Just don't do it. Yeah, don't get don't get like strung strung along. Don't let yourself be like too emotionally involved if it's yep. not going to go. If well. If she strings so. you along, that's the worst possible situation. But if she gives you a foul out, like, hey, like, I had a good chat with you. I'm just not in that place in my life right now, but I appreciate it, and hopefully I'll see you around. If she sends you that message, you know she's a good chick, and she's giving you a good, clear response where you can be like, okay, I can move on. And also, you're probably. I don't know how old you are, but you're probably a young bloke. You're probably you're your whole life ahead of you. You've got all these other experiences you're going to have. But I think the best thing to do in your in your situation is just to not waste the time too much if that text has been delayed. Just like send that message. Say, hey, do you want to catch up for a cup of coffee? And just make it super, like, I'm just going to drive in for an hour, have a coffee with you and drive back. That commitment, that two-hour commitment, she'll look at that and go, wow, he, he's interested wow, in me. what a simp. Yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what are you simping out? hope for the best but expect the worst that's pretty much what i'm saying from what i've heard um but also i i feel like out of the three of us you two are pretty good at like maintaining healthy relationships so i would say he's not trying to maintain one though he's trying to initiate one yeah you're very good at initiating them i'm a good at initiating relationships i don't know if that's true based on numbers just based on <laughs> uh, i just really hope that it goes well for him for like a few weeks at least a month or whatever so then when they get to this stage when he's ready he can send her the message that says would you like to be the rachel to my cooper yeah i mean i'm a hopeless romantic personally like i get lost in it so set like a gesture might be nice you also don't know this chick though so just be aware that your perception could be different yeah, and if she's listening to the podcast right now, which he did say at the end of the message that she does listen <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> give him a chance. Come on, give him a, give chance. Him a chance. He's a nice I mean, guy. He's, coffee he's club a really good guy. He's coffee club approved. And honestly, like... He's a really good guy. The best thing about this sort of situation Sounds is... really good emails. You guys could go on a coffee, you could have a good chat, and then at the end of the day, it might not work out. But you still had a good experience. Could and that's be. what's the nice thing about human connection. You guys are actually not on your phones. You're actually talking to each other. You know, what's your favorite color? TikTok reel. No. What's your favorite podcast? Coffee club. Coffee club, you know. <laughs> Who's got the best hair? Uh, oh, Morgan or George? Tough question. Oh, yeah. How are we going to break guys. that down? Um, yeah, no, I. that's my advice. Anything related to relationships in this podcast is just like the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Like if yeah. two people could start dating, they're both fans of the podcast. It reminds me of the the Avery situation that we had a year ago. If you guys remember that one, for those who, who, uh, who didn't hear that one, our intern last summer, Avery really bowled at a coffee shop, asked a girl for her number. I thought it was a Culver's drive-thru. No, that, he, he also did that. that. Was, he also that did was that. different. He this is this was at yeah. a nice coffee this was a shop. Different situation. And she said, "No, sorry, I have a boyfriend." Like polite, all good. And then we were sitting outside the coffee shop. Her boyfriend came in, and those two were leaving together. And they came up to the big group of us and said, "Oh my god, we're such big fans of the podcast." <laughs> and Avery's sitting with us. And then the guy was so cool about it. He's like, "Hey, she told me what happened. Like, you're good, bro. It's okay." <laughs> it's so funny. So yeah, let's make some more love happen. We could we could do as well as the the cauldron. We could do a relationship advice thing. I don't know if I would yeah, be a specific uh, section yeah. of the cauldron. The the Gus the Gus uh, the Gus advice counter for could be a whole show. Could the be a whole show. Could be the love cauldron. The love cult. Yeah, the love cauldron. I think the love potion. Yeah, the love potion. But um, if you're gonna ask for proper advice about relationships, ask Morgan and George. They're fantastic no, no, no. at it. Yeah. All, all I say is to this confused runner dude 
is best of luck and please keep us updated. Yeah, let us know how it goes. <laughs> we'd, love to, we'd love to see what happens next. Uh, the next one, this is really funny because this comes, this for context, this question comes from a runner at Wisconsin is, and is about coaching, but specifically about Mick. <laughs> so that's the context for everyone listening. Ollie and I, our old, old coach. This might only pertain to the great Mick Byrne, but sometimes it's just hard to read the man. Sometimes I'll be meeting with him on my weekly Monday morning and the meeting can go either five minutes or 25. What are the types of questions slash things you would ask your coach in meetings to make the conversation longer than talking about just training? Looking to get on a deeper, more friendly level before getting booted out. I remember Ollie talking about his meetings with Mick when he was homesick on his monologue. Thanks, Nick. Shout out to Nick. I was, uh, I think I was maybe his camp counselor in a long time ago. Long time ago. Hi, hi Nick. I hope you're listening. Long time ago. Um, look, you're not the only one. <laughs> Mick, Mick Byrne is a confusing, confusing man. And uh, a lot of ambiguity around that. I would say, personally, I experienced the best parts of Mick in those meetings because I think the first section of the meeting we just talk absolute rubbish and it can be it was about picky blinders it was about some sort of weird dried apricot he was eating in his office that he just wouldn't get rid of and it smelled like shit like there's a lot of things Mick did and and Gavin would be there too and Gavin and Mick both Irish they had a good you know sense of humor and they talk a bit of smack to each other and they talk smack to me I think when you're connecting with a coach you have to have that kind of relationship where you know that this coach isn't like, you can be friends with that coach, but he's your coach. Like he's your, you're like your mentor, particularly when it comes to running or, or figuring out where you are in life. And college is a crazy place where there's so much going on and you're not supposed to figure everything out. Uh, the first few years, like it's, it might take a year. It might take multiple trips down the McBurn cauldron to try and figure out what the fuck he's saying. But I would say just try and talk to him about stuff that's not running related to initially and then kind of push into the running stuff because Mick did this thing with me and I know he might have done it with Morgan. When I had a bad race, Mick wouldn't talk to me until like two, like two or three days afterwards. Like he wouldn't even, he just wouldn't say anything. And that was extremely confusing as an athlete because I wanted um, feedback straight away. Uh, but I felt like sitting on it made me reflect on it personally and it gave me more ammunition to go into that meeting and say, this is what I think went wrong or this is what I think um, was not doing well in my training. And then Mick would come and talk from his perspective. And I feel like those Mick Byrne meetings, like if you're, if you want to get out of them as quickly as possible and stick to that five minute section, then just like be very much like in that focus of like, I just want to be focused on what I need to do for training. What's the next situation for this week? How do I progress my running? All that sort of stuff. But if you want to have the 25 minute conversation with Mick, just talk, just talk some rubbish, just go in there and maybe make fun of his goatee. I, I don't know. Like, Morgan might have different experiences, but I really valued those meetings. And the longer the meeting, the better I felt about my upcoming week. So, yeah, I think I think this question is applicable to most coaches because I think communication is something that you have to work on with any coach. So I'd love to hear George's opinion um, on this because I imagine Mike Smith meetings are. <laughs> quite, if you get your name right, firstly, that'd be very nice. amazing. But I'll just I'll just quickly, specifically McBurn meetings. My two tips are one don't rush it give it time because my relationship with Mick every year got stronger and stronger just from experience and everything that we went through together and I would say two all you can do is just talk about like be authentic and talk about like personal things and if like you can talk with 
someone like Mick, for those who don't know, Mick is a coach, but he's also a mentor. Like he's a really good person with life advice. So um, I felt very comfortable talking to him about things outside of training. So, cause in a way, like everything, you know, does impact your running. So if you talk about training, he'll talk about training back to you. But if you do talk about maybe stuff that's more personal, he'll have like great stuff to talk yeah. about with that as well. And that's when you will start having those kind of deeper conversations. Nice. Yeah. Sound, <laughs> sounds reasonably similar, I think. You sent yeah. me more to make one time. I remember you telling me about it. I did what to make? You sent him an email about when you were doing the recruiting process. Because when you won, I did. Yeah, when you won NCAA indoors, <laughs> he put, he pulled me into his office and we had a nice meeting. It was a, and it was a personal meeting too because I think I was a bit overwhelmed and we we're talking about it. And he's like, I got a I got an email from George Beamish and I I forgot to reply. And, and he just goes, worst mistake, worst mistake. Should have should have replied. I, He's an NCAA champ now, and he, did, he talked about that for like 10 minutes. I think him. he just forwarded on to Gavin. <laughs> Probably. Because I had a couple of emails with Gavin. But that no, sounds Mick, like Gavin. Gavin was the recruiter. Mick didn't bring himself down to nah. my level. Mick was, Mick was too busy uh, growing that goatee and having that swagger walk. Yeah, no, but please, Joyce, tell us about Mike how Smith. this would happen with Mike Smith. How uh, this would go down. Yeah, one-on-one -on -one office meetings are a, a, uh, a signature of the Mike Smith way. And especially the first ones when he, when he took over from, from Heinz, um, like the initial, like, cause we'd already known him for like, he, if you know, kind of knows the story, but he was there the whole season when we won nationals with Heinz, like the entire fall, he was just kind of assistant coaching, like in the background, driving the van, maybe holding the stopwatch a bit. Um, but not actually doing any coaching. So we all like obviously got to know him on a kind of like on a basic level um, that first season, but like not on a deeper level until the new year, maybe even December. I think he just took over like the day after nationals actually. Heinz was like, all right, I'm out. Done <laughs> my job. later. <laughs> um, but I remember that meeting was like at least three hours long, <laughs> the first one. And... I know there were people that continued to have like ridiculously long. And you just go into his office and it's like a time warp in there. He's got all these like crystals and <laughs> there's probably like a hundred succulents slash plants in there. Maybe more. That sounds like your bedroom. Yeah, a little maybe it's it probably makes yeah. sense now. He's it all, it all, it all, all this crazy shit in there. I think Is he like, a hippie? Is he kinda like, oh, like no zodiac signs and all that sort of stuff? I don't know about zodiac signs, but I would say very it's not got crystals. Not religious, but like spiritual. Okay, so when you walk With in, like, you get a good aura of, of oh yeah, Michael Smith. Right. All vibes. Yeah, he's all about vibes. Yeah. Rocks, rocks and plants and mm. like the nature, the mm. meaning of stuff. Yeah, it's very soothing in there, and you know, just plop down and yeah, it might be five minutes, might be a few hours. A few hours. I don't know for some people. I don't. I don't think I ever had that many long ones again after. After the initial one. Mm. But yeah, it's definitely like a situation where if you want to talk about training, you talk about training. But I definitely talk to him about relationships and family and life. And um, yeah, I feel like by the time I left, we were pretty close. And I think I just, we didn't have planned out ones like I feel like you guys did. But it was more like text him. And then you just pop in. And then just like rock out. Okay. Um, but I would say like, there wasn't anything specific going on. I feel like my go-to was like going down 
going down like memory lane, mm. either with the team or with like his, I don't know, you got his previous coaching experiences or just like crazy stories. That's always the go-to, especially if you've, if you're on a, if you have a coach that's been on the team for a while, like I bet McBurn has crazy Wisconsin. Actually, I mean, yeah, crazy everything stories. Yeah, true. He does. He does refer if Mick still has the same big photo in the back of his office. He does refer to that those five guys that won that NCAA yeah. title in 2011, 2012. Um, um, I feel like learning the history yeah. of your college team from your coaches. Yeah, is always like you'd really, always use that story into really fun. yeah, and some some sort of way. And I feel like that was always nice to know that like people had gone through the program and had adversities and then yeah. came through on the other side. Like I'm sure. There's stories about Morgan and myself, maybe that Mick has passed down to well, I wonder what he's those kids, about us. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know what he's. I know. What I he's feel like saying. that's an easy place to start because yeah. it means you don't have to jump mm. straight into your own. No, you can kind of look. Or yeah, you can fam- look, like look at if it. you want to get started with. It is a family. Like, yeah. I, I definitely feel like it's it's a. Fa- you feel like you're part of a family or part of con- a connection with those athletes, and maybe even talking about them and their adversities, you could reflect it on your own life and 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 look at it go well. They were going through a similar situation, and this is how they dealt with it. This is how they um, were able to get through that that obstacle. So that could be like another way that you could help your meetings with with your coach, and particularly Mick. Yeah, hopefully this advice is applicable to other co- to yeah. everyone out there. But uh, I think a lot of people will have, you know, just such a varying degree of like communication levels with their coaches. But everyone's striving to to be able to connect with them on some level. Maybe it sounds like. Mike Smith is the he's on the end of the spectrum who he's amazing at cultivating a very safe space a good environment to to talk about very real stuff but not every coach is like that so um there definitely are challenges for coaches to for people to connect with their coaches who when they have coaches they don't do it quite as well mm. but Hopefully what we have said will help you out a little bit and specifically to Nick, best of luck. Yeah, best hope of luck, Nick. Hope that you stay on the team. Just don't, ask don't for off. shit about Morgan and Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Just sure they've said shit about us. I'm sure they've said shit about us. That'll last at least 25 minutes. Yeah, That's easy. So this next one is, is a three-parter. Well, I think I'll read the f- through the full message and then we can tackle them one at a time. Dear Ollie, Morgan, George, and Gus, Gus, most importantly, I'm one of your rare female listeners, diversity, yes. I'm a freshman collegiate athlete and I have a few questions for you. One, how do I convince my mom Gus is cute? I've been in love with him as long as Ollie's had him, but I showed a picture to my mom once and she thinks he's ugly. What the fuck? Two, how do I maximize both my indoor and outdoor track seasons? My teammates told me indoor is basically prep for outdoor, but I kind of want to kill both seasons. Three, thoughts on team cest, how to get away with it. And there is there is a manager's note here. There are a lot of questions apparently about team cest that got sent in to us. I'm a runner I am the runner I am today because of you guys. Thanks for all the laughs and advice from Zosha. Thank you, Zosha, for the Thank you, Zosha. for the three parter. Should we? Yeah. Oh, you want to tackle I'll number, one? number one? <laughs> Your mom doesn't know what cuteness is. I would say if you look at uh, Gus two point oh, new Gus. How how is new Gus not cute? I think the best thing we can do for your mom is that we'll we'll post. Well, Gus's birthday is coming up. He's turning twenty one. Why don't why don't we send? Why don't we send a Gus two point Why don't we do that? Maybe we could. We do. We might have a few around. Maybe we'll send some out, um, and then maybe that will convince your mum of his cuteness. But with, there is a Gus birthday coming up, and I will be posting some photos of him when he was a baby. So maybe that might help. But I feel like dogs like Gus, they are cute, but they're definitely like acquired taste. <laughs> 
They're on a quiet tip because I would I would walk Gus down uh, Pearl Street and you get people like just grabbing him and just grabbing his folds and his his belly and they're just like oh he's so cute and then there's some people look at the dog and they they walk the, across the street you know they're not <laughs> interested in him at all and that's just reality like he's an acquired taste I'd say but I really love that you think Gus is cute I hope you get to meet him someday I really I really want people that love Gus to meet him because. He's he's a pretty she's a chiller he's a cool dog and he you know he's one of the only dogs in the world that has his own company so um, he's done well for himself businessman yeah he's just raggling deals but I yeah maybe important thing maybe to realize is he is ugly but he is also ugly cute. can be cute yeah they're not yeah ugly can, can be, be cute both. Mm. we should put that on a t shirt with Gus's face ugly can be cute yeah I agree so what was the second part. How do I maximize both my indoor and outdoor track seasons? My teammates told me indoor is basically prep for outdoor, but I still want to kind of kill both seasons. Mm. That is a tough one because I think you will find that there will be many athletes in college who will struggle to maintain um, a high level through both seasons. Some will, you know, really crush indoors and then burn out a bit for outdoors. I do agree with your teammates in so much as that indoors should be seen as preparation for outdoors but i don't think that means that you necessarily shouldn't be trying to crush it at the Mm. same time i think it's really good to have that long-term approach to the year because you ultimately do need to have that if you want to be able to be competing at the highest level in outdoors but i mean just based on the way we train and my personal experiences based after doing cross country and indoor training you can freaking crush some indoor Mm. races so I would, I would say don't don't maybe if the training is still a bit pulled back from like absolute like crush mode, you don't have to look at the races in the same way. And I think maybe you'll surprise yourself, and then you can really race at a high level of um, training, even if it is more longer term preparation. Mm, that is good advice. I think Morgan's uh, definition of how to crush indoor and outdoors, particularly his senior year. Um, but I feel like Morgan was just the best thing that I thought about when I was going into that kind of process with indoor and outdoors is that when I watched someone like Morgan do indoors and then go crush it outdoors, Morgan was having fun indoors, but he wasn't not having fun outdoors. He was just enjoying the experience of competing on the track. And I think that's the one thing that you should emphasize with your teammates is that if you can um, compete and race and have fun racing, like even if it's a small PB, but you wanted more, like you're still hungry and you're still enjoying and having success on the track indoors. Cause like outdoors people put a lot of weight on it. And um, that's where like most people will try and like run their best races of the year. But it doesn't mean that you uh, you can like not look at indoors in the same way. Like you could have a great race indoors and still have a great race outdoors. I don't think it's gonna affect you that much as as long as you're having fun with it. Um, and don't don't put too much pressure on on the indoor side of things because I feel like when you when you don't put pressure on stuff like that, particularly with indoors, like you'll surprise yourself. I would say, have you heard of maintenance pace? Ask ask, ask Gibbs. I was going to say ask Blanks. I was like, Graham. I was like, no, don't ask Graham. Ask Ask Gibbs. Um, No, I would say I had my best indoor years were also my best outdoor years, I think. Um, uh, You can definitely run well in both. Um, I think I would just, there's definitely like a, some people run so well indoors because of cross country fitness. Which I just mean think means like don't lose sight of that of what works during cross country, like indoors and early outdoors. Like you still have to I don't know, do the things that work during cross. Albeit maybe less of them or a different variation. Running a lot and and staying strong 
to get you all the way to June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll probably just run out of steam if you like a, just get super sharp and not uh, doing that much strength during indoors. Then you and then it's May and June, and you haven't done any strength work since October or something. Yeah, no, I think that's all great advice. I guess the only other thing I would add is um, you can maybe be a bit based on what type of person you are and your goals. Be a bit selective with your races. Mm. You can you can't necessarily crush every single weekend. I think uh, one of the things that you see sometimes is like indoor season will be over and then one week later there might be a big meet at Stanford and some people are running the 10K there and they run these. There was always, I think you would always know, there was always those people who would run like a really fast like 10K first week of outdoor season and those are the people that sometimes you're like, well, they might not make it. I think um, you do have to be selective with when you're going to show up and and uh, go kill mode or whatever you, you referred to it as i just made that up i just didn't say that um number three <laughs> thoughts on team test how to get away with it i love that the second part is just like how to get away with it because like thoughts on team test and then how to get away with it they're two very different questions uh in college it's uh i think very dangerous very tricky but i mean you're in college so you just just what is getting away with it yeah, even like, me is that like your teammates your coach <laughs> is that the coach it might be a coach that that to me that does sound like a overall maybe team like pol- not policy but you know what i mean like the coach would not be happy about it mm. i would say screw the coach's and hide happiness it. hide it from the coach just just as long as you can prioritize your own happiness and but consider the consequences i think if yeah. you are a teammate <clears throat> or be mature about together. it too be mature about it no you have to be smart yeah because yeah. I feel like things can happen like that um, and they can go the wrong way and you could be super mature about it and then it could still not go your way. But if you're very, I, I would say, upfront about the situation, like, it's a risk. It's a big risk. But I... This feels like big life advice. It, <laughs> I don't yeah, feel equipped to... I, I don't feel equipped to, but I feel like, I feel like the best thing you can do is not tell your coach. <laughs> That's yeah, the best definitely thing. don't tell your coach. Don't tell your don't coach. Don't let your coach find let out. Your, let your coach not just be oblivious. If you're lucky enough to have a coach who doesn't give a shit about relationships and stuff, then maybe you'll get away with it. He's going to find out, probably, or, or she. She. Uh, she or he are going to find out. And I would say this this is a big rule for the team cest. If you're dating in the team and then you break up, and then you're dating another person in the team. That's a big no-no. That's very good. That's messy. a big no-no. I would say if you're picking this one person, this one individual that you want to date on the team, I would say that's it. Because you if, get you, one. if you you get one, if you can't dip your hand too much in the candy pot because it'll get sticky. And I don't think one per team. Yeah, I no, think that no would be dipping. yeah double dipping would be bad, man. That would cause way too much drama. That's great advice because I've seen that happen on like other teams yeah. where like there's a lot of like team says and it's just like a shit show yeah i would say pick one and then and then i'd look out i'd look outwards try 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 other guys try the guy from the band choir or try the girl from the <laughs> chess club like branch out i i think try dating so the nice thing about dating someone in the team is that they understand your lifestyle and they understand the pressures of being a student athlete as well and the pressures of the sport and and, and another like that's a really nice thing to relate to but if it doesn't work out there's always the other people that that don't know 
what it's like and you can kind of get a different unique perspective on uh and also on different different things too which is nice so it'll be interesting to see how that goes keep us updated <laughs> awesome. please keep us updated we love a part two to these stories. yeah we love to see how the team sets is going um because like yeah but i say that the number one advice from the coffee club boys is do not double dip that's the do best not, that's, that's the best the advice, best advice do sure. not double dip uh <laughs> So we're going to close out with a short, short lightning round. This will be a bit of a shorter episode today. So we'll just, we'll just bang through these ones. Uh, so far, the questions have been amazing. So thank you to everyone who submitted them. And once again, to the ones that we haven't got to yet, we're still working through them on a regular basis. So we will get to them eventually. Thank you very much for sending them in. But without further ado, lightning round. Dear Coffee Club Podcast, any advice on dealing with stress Specifically, a question for King Gus. I'd like to know how the big dog manages stress while being the CEO of the most successful running podcast on the airwaves, but the rest of the Coffee Club boys can feel free to answer too. How does he remain so calm and collected on the outside? And what advice does he have for stress management? This is coming from Will. Hey, Will. That's a great question for Gus. I don't want to speak for him too much, but this is one of the number one things he loves to do is he loves to sit outside in the sun. I think that's the number one thing that Gus loves to relax and chill out and, and practice, de-stress. Practice mindfulness. Uh, I mean, he's got a lot of meetings. You know, he's meeting with Gucci, Prada, Balenciaga. And he, and he, and he doesn't want to, like, these, these companies, they, you know, they've got a good establishment. But Gus Gus cares about the three of us and, and where our image is going. And he wants to make sure we make the right decision. So he gets very stressed out. What he likes to do is go into the sun, breathe some fresh air, sit, just let time kind of settle a little bit. And just think about something that for him is very positive. He loves chasing the ball. He loves thinking about the next dick he's going to eat, um, the next <laughs> AirPods he's going to break. <laughs> he loves that sort of stuff. And he thinks about that and he relaxes and he just he just thinks about the present time. He's like, We're in a, I'm in a good place. i got a lot to be thankful for. I'm enjoying the nice sun on my fur. And um, Ollie needs to refill my water bottle. So I'm going to go and lick his face until he does it. So I would say... Gus's best advice is to try and take a moment to to really just settle and and slow down. I think slowing down, being outside, personally, I think is is a great thing. Being in the sun, maybe relaxing, having a tea or a, or a coffee, and and sitting there for a bit and just trying not to think too much about things that are that you're out of your control. Try and think about the things that are in your control, and um, yeah, that's what Gus does. Very stoic. He's a stoic man. Good advice, Gus. What do you got, Mom? My my main one is just uh, writing stuff down, like in a journal or just on a piece of paper, whatever helps. If I have something that stretches me out, it normally is like on a loop in my head. And I find uh, the easiest way to, to get out of that loop is to write it down. And maybe in the process of writing it, I have a bit of a solution. But even if I don't have a solution, just writing stuff down seems to help me. Even sometimes on my iPhone notes, I'll do it as well. Don't look through my iPhone notes. There's like a lot of shit in there. Yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, I've already looked through it. A lot of stuff that I've written in there that sh- which you don't want to see. So yeah. I just like to write stuff. That's gonna be in Morgan's autobiography, guys. So just pre-order it now. It'll be on Amazon. It'll just be my notes released yeah. <laughs> to the world. Morgan Morgan McDonald. <laughs> why the world sucks. <laughs> and, I, and I can solve it. I feel like mine are mine are much more physical uh, solutions. Ooh. Ooh. Well, let's get Jenner in here. Bounce go wow wow. <laughs> Why did you guys both think of that? Is that how you I said it? it? You said it you like said that, it. mate. I'm just saying. Let's get well. physical. <laughs> physical. <laughs> Let's get. I mean, doing things with uh, with the ones you <laughs> that love. doesn't help. That doesn't help, George. <laughs> the ones you love. 
I, am I know what you're here. talking about. I'm struggling here. Um, when I think of I'm you, actually, I touch I'm reading, myself. Uh, I'm actually not reading it. I'm listening to the comfort crisis right now. Oh, in my car, mostly. You just sit in your car and listen to it. Don't drive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> some, just, you're not driving. You just if Jenna's like, "Where's George?" He's in the car listening to. <laughs> if the chapter's about to end, I just sit in there a little yeah, bit. That's awesome. But yeah, if we go to Davidson Mesa every fucking week, it's like a 20 minute drive. So it is a long drive. Yeah. I I could, and now that Spotify, something. Spotify Why are you looking so at good? me when you say that about Spotify? Because you're, you're trying to convert me. Spotify has audiobooks now. So does um, Apple Music. Really. Yeah, we have podcasts. We have our own separate app. It's not. <laughs> Slightly different. There's definitely an app on <laughs> Apple for books. There probably is. All right, but, but there's a, it's free. And it's about like, no, so not the listening. That's not my street, but it's about, I actually don't really know. I'm only a few chapters in, but there's definitely some stuff in there about um, how to deal with stress and why we live, uh, why people are so stressed in in the modern world and why the rates of anxiety and depression and stress and everything are going up. But it's mostly like too much technology, screen time. Those things, I think like screen time and stress are just like obviously. Carrots and peas. There's definitely a, a correlation there. Like you spend too much time on there and like not enough time in nature. Get out in nature, get less screen time and do do more hard things. Talk about it more. But yeah, that, um, that Morgan do more hard things. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, get in, do take cold showers. Actually, that's what I do. Cold showers. Mm. They would. What about the what about the crossword mini? Um, does that kind of stress stressful? Because stress induced. But but getting it done does that just like limit the stress? Get does it cancel like a it release? Out? Yeah, um, the release. Dopamine doing hit. it because I'm, I'm like <laughs> I try and do it fast so yeah. you keep sending it to Zach and then Zach sends it to me and I'm like I'm never sending you my crossword mini because it's so it bad Snyder did it in 13 seconds yeah because he's he's cracked he is cracked he also uses laptop though yeah it's cheating yeah have I got anything else I think that's good advice grow your hair out Makes you look like you're less stressed. I don't know if it actually does anything. <laughs> That's the one thing is that like I look at people that are less stressed and I just they always look really good. So something there, something there. You know what it anyway, is. Anyway, hopefully that helped. Cold, <laughs> cold water, mm, cold nature. water, nature, less technology. All right, next one coming in from Everett. How should one approach rest and training in between seasons? How much rest is too much rest, and is it smart to just hop immediately back into the training grind? These are really hard. These, I don't know if these are lightning round questions because these are these are kind of in depth questions. This is a deep question. Um, so that's just a little note to our manager, just for next time. Yeah, Gus, what the fuck? And <laughs> this is a really hard one. This is one where if I was going blank, so I would be saying, "Ask my coach." Yeah, and that's as more. You're asking the wrong guy. That's also what guy. I'm going to say is this really depends a lot on your coach. I I would personally say there's never not enough rest. <laughs> I would say that. Let me never, break that down. Never not never enough. Never rest. not enough rest. Enough I feel rest. like if you so that you should know yourself if you've never had enough not, enough rest. Not enough rest. Yeah. There's never, never there's never not enough not rest. Enough rest. So as in like you could have take as much rest, rest as you as need. Possible. Yeah. There's never too much never. rest. Yeah. Wait. No, because if it was never enough rest, that would be you couldn't do too much. I'm but saying there's, there's never, never not, not enough, enough rest. That means this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Have I broken your brain? No, so it's like there's not enough rest. 
So that would be there's never that you didn't rest enough. There's never not enough. There's rest. never not enough of that. As in, like mm. I believe that you should be able to rest as much as you feel could like. Could we say this? Could we to make it easier for George and I? Could we say there's never too much rest? Or could, if we just take away, does never cancel out not? I don't think. Does that, do those two things negate each other? So we just end up with enough rest. Wait, am I correct in understanding this as there's never too much rest? Yeah. Okay. Now I understand. There's never not enough rest. Why are you saying that? It's hurting because my brain. Because I'm really enjoying how it's difficult it is for you guys to figure it out or how incorrect I am. But my point is, getting back to the to the lightning round question, is that I believe that you should have as much rest as you need and I feel like you'll know your body best for when you want to get back into your running. Like usually when you get that antsy kind of feeling where you want to get back and kind of crush it, that's probably the time to start getting back into your training. But if, you, if you do get, feel like you get mentally and physically the exhausting, that the first day, well... Yeah, see, some people... Do you mean like, like the first day, like after... Yeah, what if you get that the day after? But well, you, if you've but had you a good season, you probably will. But I, I exactly. feel like you'll know that I, I'm not... But that's like... That's pretty pretty obvious that you won't be... You need a rest after a season. Like going so back don't and listen to it. your body in that scenario. Well, I would say that's more of a mental thing than a physical thing. Yeah, but how do you separate? I, I would say this is where it is important to have a coach because I know that sometimes... I have either been stressed about taking not enough rest or too much rest. And I just need someone to, t to tell me this is the right amount of rest. Yeah, but I've had people tell me that and I've ended up injured. So I would say, listen to yourself. <laughs> That's what I would say. I would say, you know your body best during that period. And Graham would say, don't think too much. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I would say that's probably an accurate statement for it. But he can only say not think thinking, too much because he has complete trust in a coach. Mm, yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's not making the decision; his well, coach is you, making the decision. Well, then, if you have complete trust in your coach, do it. If you don't, then I would trust your own judgment from there. If you've had situations where you felt like you've come back to training too quickly, or you have spent too t too much time away from training, and you feel like your coach and you don't have that down pat yet, then maybe. This year, after pre, I took five days off, I think. That's the standard for the Ritz. That's the... Oh, we see. That's, our that's standard, the Ritz yeah. method. Yeah. Oh, five college, years. I took... For context. Two weeks off. I took two weeks in college. In between seasons and three weeks after some of them as well. But that's a lot. Yeah. I was pretty big on, on taking time off back then. But now, see, things change because now, like, I have certain injuries that don't do well with time off. Like, Achilles tendon stuff, like isn't as good if I take a lot of time off. So it really just depends. does depend. If you got tendon stuff, they don't like being unloaded. Mm -hmm. So how much rest is not enough rest? You'll never know. I don't know. But hopefully that helped. Good luck. Asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> Ask your coach. <laughs> um, <laughs> we do have a couple more, but I think this is probably a nice time for us to close out this installment of the, the coffee cauldron. Um, once again thank you so much for these great questions not sure if we're qualified to answer any of them but we'll always do our best and um, see so a professional <laughs> yeah yeah so you know we, we, we do what we can but uh, this has been is this episode 115 mm -hmm. 115 
episodes of the podcast so far. Wow, we're crushing it every year. But please, uh, if you enjoy the pod, like, comment, subscribe, etc. And uh, we really hope that you enjoy the next couple of special episodes that are coming out because we really enjoyed putting them together. And we hope that you all have a great Christmas, New Year's time. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. So, yeah, take care, everyone. Thank you.